The world around us is full of false choices. That temptation to be us versus them. For or against. In or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life? The gray issues of faith. To truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel. Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Well, that time of the week has arrived. We look forward to it. I know you do too. He's the host of Open Line. You hear it every Saturday, 10 to noon. Also, he's a professor of Jewish studies at Moody Bible Institute. And of course, a good friend of the show. Welcome back, Dr. Michael Rydelnik. Good morning. Nice to talk with you this morning. Do you have a cold? Yeah, well, I'm actually over it now, but it takes forever for the nasal congestion to go away. Yeah, and you know, I'm pretty sure I remember science verifying that that men get colds worse than women, so I hope Eva's taking good care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we both had it, so. Oh, okay. I suffered more. I'm sure you did. Yeah, it's a man cold. It's a different phenomena. But, uh, you know, I've been anxious to talk to you. There's been a lot of discussion. In fact, my wife looked at me recently. She goes, what is the deal with all this anti-Semitism right now? Can you give us a picture of what's going on? Because I think you wrote about it as well, right? Yeah, my most recent blog is uh, about Kanye and Kyrie Irving Mm -hmm. and uh, the Black Hebrew Israelism. Now, I don't know if they're really members of the Black Hebrew Israelite sect, but they are saying things that and post like Kyrie posted a Black Hebrew Israelite anti-Semitic video, and uh, generally speaking, when we talk about anti-Semitism. Is I believe one of the things that no matter what people's political perspective, the extremes of every approach of politics can agree on one thing is that they hate Jews, which is <laughs> you know the right wing, yeah. uh, the white nationalists have strong anti-Semitic leanings, and the left wing, the radical left also expresses it mostly through unfair, untrue categorizations about Israel and denies the right of the Jewish people to have self-determination in their own land. And that's anti-Semitic by the International Holocaust uh, Association's definition of anti-Semitism. So uh, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. They are going to be anti-Semitic. And one of the sad things that's going on right now is that... There's this black Hebrew Israelite community and they and the nation of Islam in the black community and they are becoming pervasive with their promotion of anti-Semitic tropes like the Holocaust didn't happen or that even that the true Israel went to Africa and that blacks are the true Jews and that the Jewish people we know today are usurpers. And this stuff is beginning to permeate the church, which is terrible. uh, it's really bad. I, you know, good and godly believers, very teachable and hungry. They hear this stuff and then they call my program and they're saying, well, what is this? We, I read this book. I heard this teacher say that we're the true Jews and Jewish people are, are usurpers. So I'm shocked that it's coming into the church. Unfortunately, I, I don't hear a lot of black preachers in their churches telling people, no, no, this is wrong. This is not what the Bible teaches. So I did hear Raleigh Washington address it at Moody. 
Pastor Raleigh Washington, who's well-known African-American preacher, came a couple weeks ago to Moody, and he actually apologized for this. Uh, he said, any Jewish people here, I just want to apologize wow. for this from the black Hebrew Israelites, which was exceptional. But I think that it needs to be addressed. And so what I did is I, I wrote a blog post about what is it that the black... And again, I don't know if Kyrie and Kanye, or Ye, as he wants to be called now, have joined the black Hebrew Israelites, yeah. but they are saying the things that black Hebrew Israelites say. One That's, of the things that Kanye says that's dangerous in terms of anti-Semitism, is connected with the Jewish people and money and power. There yeah. are people I talk to that don't understand why that's negative and why that's dangerous. Can you please explain that? Yeah, there was a late 19th century forgery called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and it seems to indicate that well, the, the protocols argued that there was elders of the Jews who were controlling the world for, for the financial benefit of the Jewish people. And this untrue thing has just gone, I mean, the, the Tsar, for whom it was written, knew it was a forgery, mm -hmm. that it wasn't true. And to this day, there are people who believe it, and it's just, it's just not true. And of course, then everything bad that happens, people blame on the Jewish people who are controlling the world. So a couple of years ago, there was, uh, a few years ago, there was a storm in April in Washington, D.C., and one of the city council members blamed uh, the Jewish people for causing a disruption in the weather systems. And of course... Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of power. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene says that there's Jewish space lasers affecting the weather. So from the right, what? we've got lunacy as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, the thing is, I don't understand. The guy's a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why would he complain about Jewish people if he's made so much money? You know? Well, and, but, and you know, Michael, it's Janelle's right. There's a, there's a sinister nature to this that masquerades as a compliment. Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's similar to someone going, well, you know, you black people are great at jumping and right. running yeah. and playing basketball. Yeah. And you Jews are really great at, at running things and running Hollywood. And, and money, money, Yeah, money, you have all the money. You know? and, and, so, and so Kanye was kind of being like, oh, I, I wish we could do that too. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. still anti-Semitic. Yeah. It's not a yeah. compliment. Really popular politicians have gone to Jewish people and say, you know, I let you control my financial holdings. They go to the Republican Jewish Congress and say that, <laughs> and everyone kind of snickers uncomfortably like, no, that's not what we want to do. And it's not funny either, Michael, right? I mean, yeah. people make jokes no. about it. Yeah. Do you remember? I, I know when not, going. <laughs> yeah. We were once on Moody Radio when you were a producer in Chicago and, and a, a host, a really not an anti-Semitic host, said, you need to go to Israel with Michael Rydelnik because it's cheaper to go with him because uh, he's Jewish and he knows how to get good deals. Oh, and, I'm sorry, Michael. Said, yes, I remember that. I was just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, man. And I had to stop in the program and correct the host. And You did it nicely, <laughs> I remember. I, of course, because I, I don't think there was an, a, a smidgen of or an ounce of malice in this dear man's statement. It was ignorance, not malice. But the thing is, it, it really opened up a great discussion because the next week he wanted to know where this this idea, this trope about Jewish people and money yeah. started. Yeah, And I was able to explain the historical foundations of that. And that's really helpful, I think. I appreciate you helping us understand where it started. As believers, if we want to stop it in the private conversations we have, can you just help me a little bit to know how to explain why it's dangerous today, why it's not a compliment and dangerous to the Jewish people? 
Well, it's dangerous because it leads any bad ideas usually lead to bad actions. Okay. So, for example, with uh, black Hebrew Israelites pervading the black community, uh, what's happened was just a, I think it was three or four years ago, they uh, some black Hebrew Israelites went into a kosher supermarket in Jersey City, New Jersey, and shot it up and killed four people in Brooklyn which is a very high population, people who are dressed as Orthodox Jews, yeah. so they're noticeably Jewish, they are being assaulted on the streets of New York in ways that never have happened before. Yeah. Just people coming up to them and cold cocking them as they walk down the street, smashing them on the head from behind, punching them in the face, just out of the blue yeah. for no reason. That's the kind of stuff that happens because of resentment of people who say, I don't have, so therefore they, it's, it's this person who's you know just walking down the street. It's his fault that I don't have enough money. And they salt him. This whole idea of Jews and money, can I mention where that comes from? Yeah. In the Middle Ages, Jewish people were not allowed to own land or work land in the European surf system. So Jewish people became traders and they also were in skilled labor. After the Crusades, people came back from the Crusades and they said, oh, we can travel. So we're going to be traders because we know how to do things now, we're going to be the skilled workers, you know, the shoemakers or or whatever it is that they made, you know, furniture makers, things like that, skilled labor. And so what they did is they formed guilds where you had to be part of a guild to be a merchant or part of a guild to be a, a skilled laborer. And they made the guilds only open to Christians. So now Jewish people throughout Europe had no way of earning any money. Or surviving. And so what they were forced to do, because Christians were not allowed to lend money, Jewish people were forced into money lending. And Christians would borrow money from them, more like a a small pawnbroker, Mm -hmm. really, than big banks. But they would borrow money from them, and they would become resentful. You can see that in The Merchant of Venice by Shylock, the character Shylock in The Merchant of Venice by Shakespeare. They became resentful of Jewish people because of this, but they were forced into it. And then on top of that nobility began to take more and more taxes from Jewish people's earnings through lending money. And as a result of that, the rates had to go up. And so Jews were considered usurious. And as a result of all that, being forced into doing that, Mm -hmm. it brought the resentment of the Christian world, even though the Christian world pushed Jewish people into doing that. That's why history is so important, Michael. And you know, the more I hear that and the more these stories come up, I can't know how it feels, but there has to be a measure of just feeling exhausted by this. Yeah, I think for me personally, I I thought that we were done with anti-Semitism as I was growing up. I thought of my parents, you know, had gone through so much. I thought at least culturally anti-Semitism had fallen out of favor, although I still encountered it quite a bit as a child growing up. Kids would throw uh, snowballs with rocks in it at me as I went to Hebrew school. You know, as I was walking down the street, they'd call me Christ killer uh, when I was just seven or eight years old. You know, I'm not. Wow. uh, But I thought that culturally it had become unacceptable. But now I see that it's becoming much more prominent in our culture. And it's unfortunate, I think. Is it exhausting in some measure? Eh. I What's the right word for I, it in terms of how, how you, you and Eva feel about annoying, it? Annoying. Annoying. That's what I would say. Annoying. annoying. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it is annoying. I get very frustrated when I see it and, and frustrating that people believe these things. And, and I've encountered it in unexpected places. And it, it's, again, people without malice. I will say that. People without malice have said silly things to me. I'm sorry that happens, Michael. Thanks for making okay. us uh, think rightly I, about this I, and learn about it.
when believers say these kind of things to me, I consider it a teachable moment. So I'm not angry about it. But I do get angry when I see violent assaults on Jewish people. And that's righteous anger. Hello. Yeah. Doc, we were talking about your recent blog post on the cult of black Hebrew Israelites. We've had a couple of pastors that we have on the show regularly talk to us privately and publicly about the growth of this. And then we had someone named Teresa just write in and say, a lot of Christian black families have lost our adult children to black Hebrew Israelites. This cult Mm -hmm. rose greatly during all the civil unrest and killing of unarmed black people. I've lost my son to this cult and I teach against it. The greatest blessing to me through this child is that it drew me to scripture. Love you all. Oh, wow. But yeah, it's, I mean, it really is, a, I think, a crisis in many respects in, in the black mm-hmm. church that uh, is yeah. taking away the youth. It's unfortunate and it's scary. And I think that uh, there are pastors, there are African-American pastors out there who are addressing this issue, but that there aren't enough, I think. There, it needs to be, the, the issue needs to be addressed biblically. Well, yeah, and, so. and you know, I think one of the core issues here is that black Hebrew Israelites are trying to appeal to someone's sense of feeling lesser than yeah. and, and like mm-hmm. disempowered and persecuted. Can you give us the biblical teaching on that, The fa- in, in fact, that the gospel itself is empowering to somebody who yeah, feels well, that way? Yeah, well, you know, I often have students in my classes when I teach about God's choice of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the Jewish people's call to be a kingdom of priests so they would mediate the knowledge of God to the world. Of course, we haven't done real well at that, but that there's this special uh, choosing of God's people, the apple of God's eye, Jewish people. Students will say, but I want to be chosen too. And and I always say, you are chosen. The Bible says you're... You're chosen before the foundation of the world. Different kind of choosing. But think about it. You're chosen for salvation, for uh, election unto salvation. How much better is that? And God loves you. And it doesn't mean when it's, when we talk about the Jewish people's relationship with God, doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. For God so loved the world. God has a special plan for each individual. But people ask me, how can you believe that God loves everyone and still has this special love for the Jewish people. And I said, well, I love my wife and I love my kids, but I don't love them the same. You know, there's, there's a difference. <laughs> Hello, well, we, that, that solves that problem. For real, drop the yeah. mic. Uh, and, and, and you know, M- Michael, I, I think of all those times when Jesus showed extravagant love to people who were disenfranchised and excluded. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and he, he loves all of us in that equal measure. Yeah, you know, I'm preaching tomorrow in chapel at Moody. Oh. And I'm going to speak on the centurion in Luke 7. There's two things I think that are quite notable, or three, but the two that I'm going to really focus on, one is that he loves our nation and built us our synagogue. So to the Greeks, Luke wrote, here's a role model to love the Jewish people. And then the second thing is he trusted, he said to Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come to my home. And the Lord Jesus says, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. And so he's the first Gentile, apparently, brought into the kingdom through the preaching of Jesus. So obviously, he's highly commended and loved and well-received, and you don't have to be Jewish to have that. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media. And search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or, again, at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week. Josue Villa, 
Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.